Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Jimmy Durante, Robert Cummings, Judy Holliday, and a salute to Tallulah Bankhead. One of the big shows on radio during the 1950-1951 season was titled Just That, The Big Show. By the end of 1950, television had come into its own, but for millions of listeners who did not have a television set, NBC presented a radio spectacular. For 90 minutes every Sunday afternoon, at least a dozen stars would guest on The Big Show. And what made it even more outstanding was the hostess of the program, the stage and motion picture actress, Miss Tallulah Bankhead. From a Sunday evening in 1950, we present an excerpt of this great show. Now, here's announcer Ed Hurley. This is the big show, and Tallulah is about to have a tete-a-tete with a handsome, dapper, debonair young man about town. I resemble that remark. Jimmy Durante! <laughs> Jimmy, my pet, how do you do it? How do you manage to do so many things and still look so healthy? Well, Tallulah, I'll tell you, I've been reading the book, Look Younger, Live Longer. You mean you've actually been eating wheat germs, blackstrap molasses, and yogurt? Yep, that's all I've been eating. It don't make you live longer, it just seems longer. <laughs> well, that's very helpful food, Jimmy. It sticks to your ribs. Yeah, but on the outside. <laughs> and very becoming, Jimmy. Now, how did you get started on this health diet? Did, did, did the doctor tell you to watch what you eat? In them cafeterias where I go, you gotta watch what you eat or somebody else will be eating it. <laughs> Well, now, Jimmy, tell me some more about that uh, Look Younger, Live Longer uh, book. Uh, does it really work? Does it work? A friend of mine ate that stuff for three weeks, and when he died, he looked like a kid. <laughs> well, that diet has certainly done wonders for you, my darling. Oh, it ain't only the diet, Chilu. I also take deep breathing. I inhale a long, deep breath through my nose, using only one nostril, of course. <laughs> Other people gotta breathe, too. <laughs> then I go to my doctor and he gives me a shot of vitamin. A vitamin B1? I'm way past B1. I'm smart. Last year, I was up to B12. Then I graduated to B24. That made me feel twice as good. And when he gave me a B29... Boy, I was really flying. <laughs> oh, I got more. <laughs> <laughs> and just before dinner, I takes a short stroll through Central Park as a pick-me-up. And wherever I go, it seems like there's always a girl to pick me up. Oh, well, naturally, darling. Naturally. 
for a shoot. <laughs> now somewhere there's a fly in everyone's ointment, but mine seems much more serious than the rest. My romantic life with girls has been a disappointment, and folks, I've got to get it off my chest. I know some guys make an impression giving girls a limousine But with me it's not so easy Let me tell you what I mean My girlfriend don't want my money All they're after is me I'm as sad as can be a slight little nod, a look at my curls Will get me more girls than diamonds and pearls Honest folks, it isn't funny I'm embarrassed, you see I'd pay my own share, but gee Wherever I go, I don't spend a dime They don't want my dough, they want my time Why, there's havoc There's bedlam every time I roll my eyes why was I born with so much more than other guys? Yes, I'll have to grin and bear it. I don't want sympathy. Now a fella can make a buck as long as he may live. But a guy like me, there's just so many kisses I can give. Take my money and leave poor little me be. Ah, folks, I really got a problem, and it's getting pretty serious. How can one man have so much and conceal it so well? <laughs> Why, only the other day, Rita Hayward offered me $1,000 for a lock of my hair. Betty Grable offered me $3,000 for a lock of my hair. Greg Garson offered me $5,000 for a lock of my hair. What a dilemma. Just when I can make a fortune, I run out of merchandise. <laughs> Girls, won't you take my money? And leave for little me be, yes, sir. And leave for little me be. Jimmy. Jimmy, darling, we'll all live longer and look younger as long as we have you and your songs around. <laughs> and now, darlings, I can throw away my script because we're going to do for you now an excerpt from a Noel Coward play. I had the pleasure of doing it a few years ago. I refer, of course, to private lives. The only part of my private life I don't mind making public. <laughs> And here to appear in it with me is Robert Cummings. Private Lives is the story of two newlywed couples honeymooning in France. A capricious fate has guided them to adjoining suites in the same hotel. 
On one terrace overlooking the sea, nostalgic with memories induced by a certain song, sits one bride, Amanda Prenn. On the adjoining terrace, equally affected by the song, sits one bridegroom, Elliot Chase. Perhaps the song reminds them that not so very long ago, they were married to each other. of them to have played that, wasn't it? What are you doing here? I'm on my honeymoon. Oh, interesting. So am I. I hope you're enjoying it. It hasn't started yet. Neither is mine. Oh, no. I can't help but feel that this is a little unfortunate. Are you happy? Perfectly. Good. Then that's all right, then, isn't it? Are you? Ecstatically. I'm delighted to hear it. Well? Oh, for goodness sake, give me a cigarette. Oh, Oh, what are we to do? I don't know. I wonder whose yacht that is. Mm, the Duke of Westminster's, I expect. It always is. I wish I were on it. I wish you were, too. There's no need to be nasty. Yes, there is every need. I've never in my life felt a greater urge to be nasty. And you've had some urges in your time, haven't you? If you start bickering with me, Amanda, I swear I'll throw you over the edge. Oh, try it, that's all. Just try You upset it. everything, as usual. I've upset everything. What about you? Ever since the first moment I was unlucky enough to set eyes on you, my, my life has been insupportable. Oh, do shut up. There's no sense in going on like that. Nothing's any use. There's no escape ever. Don't be melodramatic. Do you want a cocktail? There are two here. There are two here, too. Well, let's have my two first. Shall we get roaring, screaming drunk? Oh, I don't think that would help. We did it once before. It was a dismal failure. It was lovely in the beginning. You have an immoral memory, Amanda. Here's to you. I tried to get away. The moment after I'd seen you, but he wouldn't budge. What's his name? Victor. Victor Prynne. Mm -hmm. To uh, Mr. and Mrs. Victor Prynne. Uh, mine wouldn't budge either. What's her name? Sybil. Mr. and Mrs. Elliot Chase. Heaven pity the poor girl. What's she like? Oh, uh, fair, very pretty. Oh, plays the piano beautifully. <laughs> very comforting. How's yours? I'd rather not discuss it. <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter. He'll probably come popping out here in a minute, and I shall see for myself. Uh, does he uh, know I'm here? Oh, yes, I told him. Well, it's going to make things a whole lot easier. Oh, you needn't be frightened. He won't hurt you. If he comes near me, I'll scream the place down. Does Sybil know I'm here? Oh, no, no. I pretended I had a presentiment. I tried terribly hard to persuade her to leave for Paris. <laughs> I tried, too. <laughs> it's lucky we didn't both succeed, isn't it? Otherwise, we should probably all have joined up in uh, Rouen or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, in some frowsy little hotel. Oh, that would have been much, much worse. <laughs> yes, I can see us all now sailing down in the morning for an early start. Oh, lovely, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, dear. 
What's happened to yours? Oh, didn't you hear her screaming? She's downstairs in the dining room, I think. Mine's being grand in the bar. It's really awfully difficult. Have, have you known her long? Oh, about four months. We, we met at a house party in Norfolk. Very flat, Norfolk. How old is dear Victor? 34, 35. And Sybil? Well, I blush to tell you, only 23. You've gone a mucker, all right. <laughs> I shall reserve my opinion of your choice until I have met dear Victor. I wish you wouldn't keep on calling him dear Victor. It's extremely irritating. And that's how I see him. Dumpy and fair and very considerate with glasses. Dear Victor. As I said before, I would rather not discuss it. At least I have good taste enough to refrain from making cheap jibes at Sybil. You said Norfolk was flat. That was no reflection on her. <laughs> Unless she made it flatter. Your voice takes on an acid quality whenever you mention her name. Oh, I shall never mention it again. Good. And I'll keep off Victor. Thank you. <sighs> Nasty, insistent little tune. Extraordinary how potent cheap music is. What exactly are you remembering at the moment? The Palatella skating rink in the morning. Bright, strong sunlight. Everybody whirling around in vivid colors. And you kneeling down to put on my skates for me. <laughs> You'd fallen on your fanny a few moments before. <laughs> it was beast of you to laugh like that. I, I felt so humiliated. Oh, poor darling. You remember waking up in the morning, standing on the balcony, looking out across the valley? Yes. Blue shadows on white snow, cleanness beyond belief, high above everything in the world. How beautiful it was. It's nice to think we had a few marvelous moments. A few? Oh, we had heaps, really, only they slipped away to the background when one only thinks of the bad ones. What fools we were to run it all. What utter, utter fools. Do you feel that way, too? Of course. Oh, why did we? The whole business was too much for us. We were so ridiculously over-in-love. Funny, wasn't it? <laughs> Horribly funny. Selfishness, cruelty, hatred, possessiveness, petty jealousies. All those qualities came out in us just because we loved each other. Well, perhaps they were there anyhow. No, no. It's love that doesn't. The devil with love. The devil with love. And yet here we are, starting afresh with two quite different people. In love all over again, aren't we? Aren't we? No. As we're not in love all over again, and you know it. Good night, Amanda. But don't lady, come I, I must go and find Sybil. I... I, I must go and find Victor. Well, why don't you? I don't want to. Oh, shameful, shameful of us. But I... I've never loved anyone else. Not even for a minute. No, 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 you mustn't let it stop. You mustn't. Now, now, you love me too, don't you? There's no doubt about it anywhere, is there? No, no doubt anywhere. Well, you're looking very lovely by the tonight, you know. This moonlight. Your skin is clear and cool and your eyes are shining. You're growing lovelier and lovelier every second I look at you. You don't hold any mystery for me, darling. Do you mind? 
There isn't any of you that I don't know, remember, and want. I'm glad, my sweet. More than any desire, anywhere deep down in my deepest heart, I, I want you back again. Please. Don't say more. You, you're making me cry so deadly. Oh, darling, what now? I don't know. What now? I'm, I'm utterly lost. Uh, we must think quickly. Oh, quickly. Yeah, well, escape. Together? Yes, yes, of course. Now, now. Oh, no, no, it would break Victor's heart. Well, and Sybil's too, probably, but they're bound to suffer anyhow. Where shall we go? Yeah, Paris first. My, 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 my car's in the garage already. Oh, we're being so bad. I won't move from here unless we have a compact. A sacred, sacred compact never to quarrel again. Easy to make, but very difficult no, to No, no, no. It's the bickering that always starts in that, darling. Look, the moment we notice we're bickering, either one of us, we must promise on our word of honor to stop dead. Oh, I know. I know. We'll invent some uh, a phrase or catchword. Which, when either one of us says it, automatically cuts off all conversation for at least uh, uh, five minutes. Uh, two minutes, dear, with an option for renewal. <laughs> all right, darling, what shall it be? Let's see, what shall it be? Um, I've got it. Solomon Isaac. That'll do. Well, come on, come on. Uh, what does you do if we meet out on the way downstairs? Well, we'll run like stags. What about clothes? Well, I've got a couple of bags I haven't unpacked yet. I've got a small trunk. Well, send the porter up for it. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Don't waste time. Oh, well, or we to leave notes or something? No, no, no. We'll telegraph from somewhere on the road. Oh, no, darling, I daren't. No, I dare. It's too wicked of his baby. I simply dare. Kiss me. Oh. There. Now will you behave? Yes, but I did, darling. Solomon Isaacs. Now, now let's run. <laughs> Thank you, Robert Cummings. You were really divine, darling. And as for you, Tallulah, darling, I'll talk to you when I get home. I knew I'd wind up one day on this program talking to myself. Oh, Tallulah. Yes, Jimmy? I just had a beastly idea. How would you like to see me play that scene from Private Lives? How beastly can you get? Pretty beastly. Because Judy Holliday is going to play it with me. Well, Judy and the Beast. <laughs> Go ahead, darling. This is the story of a boy and girl who are married, but not to each other. They're sitting on two fire escapes. The boy and the girl look at each other. They recognize each other. And in a voice choked with emotion, the girl says... Yoo-hoo! <laughs> Amanda! Idiot! What are you doing here? I'm on my honeymoon. What are you doing here? I'm on my honeymoon. How horribly. Are you, uh, happy? What do you mean, uh... Ecstatically. Uh, where's your husband? He's in the room sleeping. So, what are you doing on the fire escape? The room is on fire. How chic. Cigarette? 
match? No, thanks. I'll get a light off my husband. <laughs> oh, what beautiful music. Use Ajax, the foaming cleanser. <laughs> Amanda. Yes, idiot. You always did have a lovely voice, and you kept a clean sink, too. <laughs> How sheer whimsy. Would you like a cocktail? Shrimp or tomato juice? Hey, where's your wife? She's inside unpacking her wedding tosso. I blush to tell you, she's young, only six. <laughs> she plays the piano. Big deal. <laughs> What's her name? Syllable. <laughs> Mine's name is Victor, he plays too. What instrument? The phonograph. Ah. Uh, I was thinking of the time before I was married to Syllable. And you were married to Victor. That was before you were married to Reggie. And I had just left Millicent to elope with Sophie while you were leaving Reggie to marry Winston in that little church on the hill. That was the day before Evelyn divorced Evelyn. Remember? How come you left out Max? Amanda! <laughs> Let's you and me escape down this fire escape together. I'll go first and you meet me over at Lowe's Pitkin Theater. What's playing there? King Solomon Isaac's Mines. <laughs> That'll be our password. King Solomon Isaac's Mines? I can't go with you. It's all off. I already seen the picture. Amanda. You've been an ugly brick through this whole mess. up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. <laughs> <laughs>